Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first uh, Saturday meeting with all of you in the new year, so welcome. Thanks for joining. I appreciate those of you who are joining right now and watching later. Armor Report, it's all about how I manage my own personal capital. Um, I'm doing this over 30 years, but what I really want to focus on in 2022 is cutting through the noise and making these conversations and every, everything we talk about really boil down to um, two simple facts. Number one, I want to share information with you that makes money and protects capital. And I'm going to share with you how to use that, that information. That's what I want to do. So here's the information. Here's how we're going to use it. Let's make the conversation about that and cut through all the noise. I spend a lot of time, just like you guys must, on YouTube, Twitter, whatnot, listening to you know, people who um, you know, want to bend my ear. And what I find is most annoying, and I want to try to make sure it's not happening here at the Arm Report, is that we get off on these tangents, and it's all interesting, but how do you make money with the information? You know, that's all I care about when I listen to these things. So let's try to focus on that today and every day going forward. Here's the information. Here's how we make money. So before I dive in, just a quick setup for you. The Armour Report is um, a three-stage process. It's designed around a three-stage process I call the Armour Investing Way. I've built it over 30 years of doing it, okay? So I'm sharing with you what I've learned over those years. We build our whiteboard. That's where we do our fundamental research. We use algorithms to tell us when to buy stocks, when to protect capital, and we use stop losses to tie it all together, okay? So I'm going to take you on my journey. You have to do your own due diligence. You have to figure out your own risk tolerance. So whatever I say today, you obviously have to do your own work before you make any changes to your portfolio, okay? Um, if you have an interest in subscribing, right down here, you can always do that, um, both to this channel or the Armour Report if you'd like. If you go to the website at the Armour Report, okay, right up here, you can subscribe to the free version of the Armour Report. Now, let me just share with you real quick um, what you're going to get with that. We do a morning meeting every morning for Armour Insiders, okay? 8.30, we wake up, we sit down, we talk about how we're going to day trade the market, investments that we might make, pitfalls we're trying to avoid, and we share that with our subscribers, okay? And what we're going to do for Armour subscribers to our free version is you're going to see that. You're not going to participate in it, but you're going to see an email coming every morning before the market opens, allowing you to watch that video after the fact so you can see what we're talking about. Okay. So go ahead and subscribe, become a free Armour Report subscriber, and then you can start to get into the flow of how we run money. And one day you might choose to work with us and join us as a, um, what I like to call an army of analysts. So the the Armour Insiders, we're all in the Slack room together, working together, sharing information, using that information to make money and protect capital. So today, we're going to dive into um, how we use the information to uh, day trade, okay, and capture alpha, and how we're using the information to protect capital or invest in the market. So here we go. First piece of information that you want to know from the Armour Report, is that last week we went risk monitor red again. So I'm going to show you a quick chart of the indexes. The risk monitor is um, um, created by looking at algorithms we've designed for the top seven indexes. The S&P, the NASDAQ, the small cap, the Dow, those are the big four. Momentum and value, those are your kind of balance right? And the IBD 50, which is our innovator list. Those seven indexes drive all of our risk decisions here, okay? And so we've calibrated algorithms, which I'm sharing that information with you, that tell us the directions um, from a probability standpoint of those indexes. When we get confluence, when all the indexes move in the same direction, let's say on the upside, we get risk monitor green, and we get aggressively long the market. When we get... Um, confluence that all the indexes are headed south, we get risk monitor red. And of course, you can figure out risk monitor yellow somewhere in between. Okay. So the way we use that information on our trading desk is what I'm going to walk you through right now. Then what we're going to talk about, and I'm going to list for you 
the top stocks on our whiteboard that we'd like to invest in. And so I want to offer this debate with you, this discussion, okay? And the question is, are we stocking a bear market? And so we must be strict and protect capital at all costs? Or are we witnessing rotation in the market? And so we have to take advantage of that by putting some capital to work um, uh, in, in front of the flow of institutional capital. So we're going to go over that in a minute. But let's first start by looking at the indexes real quick, okay? So I highlight for you, obviously, green, red, yellow, just to give you an idea of what's happening. So you're seeing a lot of noise in the armor uh, risk monitor over the last month or so. We have some yellows and some reds. We never get green because what we're seeing right now is a market that is very fragile. And I've been talking about this for the last couple of months, okay? There's utter destruction in the growth stocks in the market today. I saw a statistic the other day that something like 50% of the stocks in the NASDAQ are, are, are down 50% or more from their highs, like some huge figure. Meanwhile, you look at the NASDAQ 100, it doesn't look that bad. It's in an uptrend. But what we're seeing here when we get the risk monitor, so what's the information we have? Our algorithms are telling us there's something wrong with the NASDAQ 100. It's probably building a top. And, of course, it broke down and closed at the low of the week. Okay? Now we switch over to the S&P. It's always good to start these conversations off on a Saturday with you, reviewing what the market looked like last week by looking at these indexes, these seven indexes. And you can get an idea of where money's flowing and whether or not there's confluence. So you see that clear top in the NASDAQ. You're seeing another red signal in the S&P, but you can see it's a little bit stronger, right? It's not, making, it's not taking out the low of December. It's higher. So you try to figure out why is that? Well, then you go look at the Dow. And you'll see the Dow stocks, which this is clearly a rising wedge. Typically, and so here's another piece of information we're sharing, right? For those of you who are new to, to technical analysis, there are just very clear chart patterns. We try to share this on Twitter and on Stock Twitch. You can follow me on Twitter at Brett Rosenthal. You can follow me on Stock Twitch uh, at the Armor Report. And so I, I publish these chart patterns throughout the day. And you can see, you know, these are just basic clear understanding of technical analysis. If you don't, if you're not comfortable with technical analysis, you don't understand it, there's a number of books you can read. You can go to our website, armorreport.com. We have some suggestions for you. Um, but uh, let's don't forget what technical analysis is. It's not some type of crystal ball. It's not voodoo. I know some people think it's silly, um, but those people just don't understand what technical analysis really is. All we're doing is following the battle between buyers and sellers. And we're looking for when one camp overwhelms the other camp. And there are definite technical patterns that tell you when you're getting close to that final battle. Okay? And so that's what we try to highlight. And that's what's going on here in the Dow. You have a, what's called a rising wedge. And typically rising wedges end with a breakdown. But you can see that the Dow is still in an uptrend, still above the 50-day moving average. And so on the one hand, we have no confluence. The NASDAQ's break into new lows took out the low of December. The S&P is kind of in the middle, and the Dow is the strongest, even though it's building a rising wedge. So what, what, what does that mean then for the market? And this is going to get to our rotation question um, in a minute. But if you look at the value index, you can see where all the action is this year. That's a clear breakout to the upside in value. Now, here's something I'm going to share with you from years of doing this, okay? piece of information I'm going to share with you and how we're going to use it. This is going to get to our debate about should we stalk the bear or should we chase the rotation? It's possible 
that this will be the one time in 10 where the market struggles to find its footing but rotates into value and the stocks go up even though the Fed's raising rates, even though the Fed's reducing liquidity. It could be the one time in 10, maybe the one time in 100, but that happens, okay? But I would submit to you that every time in my professional career that I've seen massive destruction in growth stocks and innovator stocks, and now we can look at the IBD 50, okay? Here's the IBD 50. These are innovative stocks, right? This is just huge collapse. So there's your rise. In case you were curious what a rising wedge looks like when it fails, that's what the IBD 50 did. So the Dow is doing this right now, but hasn't broken down. IBD 50 did it, put the double top in and imploded, right? And then you can look at the ARC funds, which are becoming a real, a real disaster. <laughs> Armor Insider said something very funny, and so I'm going to say it right here. I think he retweeted something that he saw on Twitter, but um, I thought it was hysterical. This just in, they're going to change the name of the ARC funds to the Titanic. I mean, that was very funny, right? Because what's happening, uh, not funny for those of you, unfortunately, who still own these stocks, uh, and that'll get to the stop loss discipline at some point, but we're seeing just massive destruction and growth, okay? And in and, and don't talk to me about P.E. ratios and overvaluations, okay? Because those people who are chirping in my ear about that right now, only a few months ago were telling me that the valuations didn't matter and that the earnings were great and, you know, forward guidance was wonderful, and that's why they were buying all these names. So, you know, that's just static analysis looking backwards, all right? When you're in the right environment, when the Fed's adding liquidity, this is information you want to remember, you want to write it down, and here's how you use it, okay? When the Fed's adding liquidity and reducing rates, you want to be buying aggressive growth stocks. When the Fed is no longer adding liquidity and is reducing liquidity and raising rates, you've got to stay far away from growth stocks, right? Write it down. Because the market will give you this opportunity to, to deal with this problem over and over again going forward, okay? So I would just end with this thought then on the markets in general. While we see a chart like value, which is the only index of the seven we follow that, look, that looks reasonable, okay? It's breaking out. It looks fantastic. But then take a look at this chart right here. You know, this is a small cap index. Here's a great pattern that looks very similar to what we're seeing right now in value, doesn't it? Doesn't that look exactly like value right now? A 10 or 12 month base that breaks out and looks like you've got a, a runaway coming in value. Doesn't it look just like value? Take a look at value again. Lock that picture in your mind. Now take a look at the value chart. It's exact. That's exactly what happened to small caps last uh, a couple months ago. It looked like small caps were about to lead the market. And look what's happened since. Okay? Total destruction. So the information I wish to share with you right now and the debate about do we chase the rotation or do we protect capital, I'm going to come down on the side of protecting capital right now. I've never seen... I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it's happened. But I've never seen the Fed raise rates and reduce liquidity, leading growth stocks get destroyed, and now the big cap tech stocks beginning to roll over. They're not destroyed yet, but if they take out the lows next week, it's going to get ugly for the NASDAQ 100, okay? I've never seen that happen. And at the same time, make a lot of money buying value stocks. I've never seen it. Now, you might argue with me. That's fine. You can argue. Show me some times where I'm wrong. I'd love to hear it. Okay? Comment section right down here. When this video is over, you want to comment, tell me how wrong I am, and these are the dates where it happened? I would love to know it. I'm just telling you from my experience in my life, you can chase those value names for a while, 
But what happens eventually when all the big cap tech stocks follow the small cap stocks, follow the, the innovating growth stocks, okay, down, you're going to get a margin call of epic proportions. And people sell everything in their portfolio. They don't care that it's value. It's the only thing up, I'll sell it. Okay? And so if we're going to do it, and we've been doing it at the Armour Report. I'm going to tell you right now, we had a great week last week. It was a wonderful start to the year for us. We had alpha across the board. And I'm going to show you charts right now of how we did that. But when I share this with you, please know one foot's out the door. So I'm going to share the information with you. These are the stocks that are working. Here are the chart patterns. Here are the ones we own. Here are the ones we might own. But there's a foot out the door, and I will not overextend my portfolio. I'm not going to have 100% of my money to work. I might have 50% to work and 50% cash, which I'll be using to day trade and swing trade the indexes. Okay? So let's go through a list of stocks now. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, because I'm going to share the information with you, and then you can see how to use it if this suits your risk tolerance and all those types of things. So let's go through these chart patterns. This is where money is being made in the market. And then I'm going to wrap up with some quick thoughts on how to execute correctly. Okay? So here we go. Um, these are stocks that are already in the Armour portfolio. I want to share with you right here. Caterpillar and Deer. And this is going to get to, and I, I, you know what, Let's, this is a good moment for us to have this conversation. We're going to get to Q&A in a minute. I'm going to answer any questions you might have. We'll go over chart patterns together. There, is a, there, there are many different ways to make money in the market. I'm going to share with you the number one way. We like to make money at the Armour Report. We do our research. We put something on the whiteboard. We use algorithms to give us an entry point. And we use this simple three-stage chart pattern to get long the stock, to make an investment. And what we want to do is make the investment as close to the stop as possible. In 2020, when the Fed's adding liquidity like crazy, you can get away with bad execution. Because everything's going up, okay? Unfortunately, it, it, it creates terrible habits that will totally chew away all of your gains in the ensuing years, okay? What we do not want to do in 2022 is chase a position that we missed. If you missed it, it's gone. Do more homework. Do more research. Work on your whiteboard. Find the next idea before it breaks out. Let me give you an example of what I mean, okay? I am not telling you to buy Caterpillar today. The Armour Report and Armour Insiders were buying Caterpillar right in here. So what we look for is a simple three-stage process that makes us a lot of money. Stage one is a huge uptrend, a strong uptrend that tells you institutions were accumulating shares of Caterpillar in a pretty aggressive 45-degree angle, Okay. Stage two, this should be S2, right? Stage two is the downtrend. So weakness in the midst of strength, I always say. We want to see a downtrend to come test support. This right here is the 200-day and the 50-day. The green line and the black line are the 200-day and the 50-day moving averages. Then we use an algorithm for a buy entry point, which triggered right in here. So we're already long Caterpillar when it has a huge week to start the year. And this is the weekly chart of Caterpillar. So I think there's huge upside in Caterpillar. And I think it's going to continue, you know, for a long period of time is my guess. Assuming, of course, we don't get a NASDAQ 100 that implodes, margin calls, and then everything gets dragged down. Okay? So that's what you have to weigh. You can have some capital to work right now in the right names, because we, we're making money. We made some good money this week. But you've got to be very careful. You have to use stop losses. You should book some profits when things pop and trade around the core so you can wall off your risk and wall off your emotions. Okay, so when things jump, we book some profits. We raise our 
stock to break even, and then we leave it alone, see how far it can run. Comes back to break even, guess what? We got paid for our efforts, we made some money, we booked some profits on the first initial pop, right? Takes us out of break even, we step aside. Runs for the rest of the year, we don't have to sell it because it doesn't ever hit our stop. That'd be great, okay? So there's Caterpillar. Now here's Deer. Deer is like a poster child. This is like my favorite. This is the centerfold of, 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 of any. If you're putting together a list of great looking chart patterns that you want to try to own, it, this is should be at the, the very center of that, you know, of that magazine. And you should rip it out and put it above your desk. Okay, stage one, clearly strong uptrend. Stage two, tight base. Now here's the fun part, fundamentally, about Deer. Stage two was the consolidation of the first big up move during a time where short-term problems were hitting their business. The big picture of Deer is that margins are going up because a new era is dawning for the farmer, okay? You're going to be able to, farmers are going to be able to buy tractors that are autonomous, okay? So, there's a lot of fun talking about autonomous driving on the highways, and then, you know, somebody ends up getting in a wreck, okay? So it's much more difficult to get cars to be autonomous. But it's pretty simple, you know, in the terms of what we're talking about. Nothing simple, right? But in the terms of what we're talking about in electronic vehicles or AI vehicles, it's pretty simple. To set up a tractor, if you have the right technology, to go back and forth across the field, and clean house. It's not that hard, right? And Deer's figured it out. And Deer's the biggest and the best at it. So the big picture is there's a whole new evolution. You're, you're going to see a huge cycle of upgrade, right? The upgrade cycle for Deer. Based on technology IP, this is why it's on our whiteboard. That carries higher margins. That's why it's on our whiteboard. Stock got hit last year because they were arguing with their union. All right, this happens every, what, three or five years. So there's the opportunity. We get that nice consolidation in the base. And what we want to do is we want to own deer before it breaks out, right? So we buy deer in here. We have our risk on entry point right in this green area. Then it pops last week to start the year. The weekly chart of deer is just a thing of beauty. Let's talk about trend lines for a minute for technicians. All right, some people want to say to me, you should raise your trend line to there. It hasn't broken out yet, okay? So this is an art, not a science, but the art, um, the artist that I like to follow is uh, uh, Bill Murphy, um, and he's written all kinds of books on technical analysis. I read it a long time ago, and it's worked for me for 30 years. The object of a trend line is to attach as many points to the trend line as you can to make that trend line. So I want to attach this hammer right here, that top here, this reversal here, these tops here, and I draw it right there, okay? You want to draw it a little bit higher? That's fine. Be my guest. Nothing wrong with that. It really doesn't make a difference to me because I bought it down here, right? But just between you and me, I, I think that the correct place to draw that line is where you touch every top. And it's okay if it goes through and reverses back down to it. That's the best way to draw a trend line, in my opinion. All right? So um, these are some of the positions we added to the portfolio at the end of December and that immediately paid off. We've also added a couple of our steel stocks, our favorite steel names tried to break out last week. Same pattern. Run up, run down, build a base at the moving average, Buy it tight to the base. Not now when it's running. Buy it tight to the base. I think I'm making my point, right? Let's, um, a couple names we added last week, right? Rio Tinto, right in the base here. Um, let's look at BHP. BHP, there's the double bottom. We're adding it right as it comes across these tops, right in here. Not chasing it now. We already own it. Locked in a 10% yield. Okay? So now let's talk about, let me just remind you, we have um, four portfolios set up at the Armour Report. This is important. Armour Portfolio 1 focuses on the whiteboard, 
and generally buys individual stocks in that portfolio, but it'll swing trade the indexes, okay? Then we have Armor Portfolio 2, which only swing trades the indexes, day trades the indexes, and owns group ETFs. We don't own individual stocks there. Then we have our dividend portfolio. Okay, that portfolio is fully invested, and we don't use the risk monitor to change that investment. So you can argue we're buying and holding. What I'm doing is buying and collecting the dividend as long as the stock stays above a reasonable level on a weekly basis. So we use weekly stop losses. And we don't trade that account very often. Okay, and then, of course, we have our index-only portfolio that uses the risk monitor to decide when we put capital to work. And it's been 100% cash since early December. Okay? So now let's go over some ideas that are at the top of our whiteboard that we could add next week, depending on what the market does. I'm going to share with you in a minute some thoughts at the end of the week yesterday that occurred in the volatility index VIX and the market that are that is very strange to me. And um, we'll have to see how it plays out next week. But um, could, could be even more bearish than we think. So we'll have to see. But we'll get to that in a minute. Let's just look at a couple more names that are at the top of our whiteboard that we may be adding to the portfolio. And we're going to start looking at um, um, ETFs, okay? So clearly the energy ETFs are in a, um, the energy stocks are leading the market, okay? So you have a nice uptrend here. You don't have that one, two, three approach that I like, that three-step approach. This is just an uptrending channel, and we would be buying what was at the bottom of a, a channel and breaking above the 50-day. Here's another way we you know, manage money. This is one of our favorite things to do. And so write this down. This is information I'm sharing with you. This is how you can use the information. When you see a stock gap up, we tend to see a, a three-day consolidation of that gap. If the gap holds for three days, then day four can be the buy day if you've missed the original entry, okay? If you wish to do that. I may not be doing that in a market like this, but I'm just saying so the original entry is down here on XOP, and it already has popped, right? So this would be chasing. Okay, I don't necessarily want to chase, but I'm just sharing with you this, this pattern setup. This was the gap up day, first day of the new year. Sideways, or that was the second day of the new year? Yeah. Sideways for three days, and if we take out the high of that negative bar right there, you would get long XOP for an expected run to the top of the channel. Okay, this is the year of the commodity, guys. Everything I'm showing you that's making money touches commodities in some way, whether it be deer or caterpillar, whether it be Rio Tinto or BHP, um, whether it be the energy stocks. Everything that touches commodities, with the exception of gold and silver at the moment, uh, um, is adding alpha to portfolios. And so we're going to keep leaning into that investment theme, okay? So I'm really a, a fan of um, the oil service companies along with uh, the exploration companies. And when we first bought, these are, here are some names already in our portfolio, okay? We bought Exxon right here. So that's about, that's about buying it before the breakout, tight to the base. That's really where I want to buy things. You can see this is a cup and handle. That was a pretty easy setup. And it was a 5.5% yield. It's in our dividend portfolio, Okay. Um, let's take a look at a couple more names in the dividend portfolio. We've got our one oak in the portfolio, so we already have our pipelines on the weakness. We bought them right down here near the 200-day moving average, right? We have Williams. We bought it right down here at the 200-day moving average, and we're locking in yield of 6 and 7%. And now we're getting, you know, capital appreciation on these investments, Enbridge, right down here, double bottom right in here. We bought it right here. 7% yield, so I think 7.4% at the time. Stocks moving higher, okay? So, um, and I think what was the last, there was another one there. And, oh, yeah, don't forget Kinder Morgan, okay? Kinder Morgan made this perfect double bottom down here, added to our position right here, and the stock's been running. So you can see 
The information I want to share with you is that commodity-backed assets are attracting capital. Energy specifically, we've already taken our positions in the dividend-paying part of the energy space. And so now we're going to lean into, if we have the right market environment next week, lean into the EMP companies and the service companies to fill out our exposure there. I don't want to be overexposed to, to energy, but I can see, you know, my basic um, um, philosophy is to have 20% of my assets in maybe five different themes, okay? So I can see 20% of my capital and energy, but I wouldn't put more than that, is my point, all right? Anyway, so those are some thoughts. Um, now, the only other sector that I don't have exposure to that I'm really considering, of course, is, is um, and I'm going to use J.P. Morgan as my guide here, is uh, the, the financial sector. Okay, I don't own financial stocks right now, but I'm going to walk you through a bunch of charts that are all financial uh, stocks, and they all look phenomenal. And J.P. Morgan really hasn't broken out yet. I mean, the ideal place to buy J.P. Morgan obviously is right here, okay? So what I'm doing now is there's the gap up and day one, two, three. So if this takes out the high of the four-day consolidation on Monday, I would be long JP Morgan with a low of the gap as my stop. Because if it wants to go close the gap, I'm not going to sit around for that. But you can see, again, the chart pattern. Stage one is the rally. Stage two is the consolidation. Stage three, we want to get long for the run off of that base. Okay? Here's Goldman Sachs. Not as sexy as J.P. Morgan, but you can see the same type of pattern. Morgan Stanley, nice setup. Now let's go into the insurance companies because every insurance stock is breaking out. Look at CNA Financial. That's a major cup and handle breaking out. Whoops. Okay, there's the cup and handle right there. Um, you know, maybe... Um, Hartford, I mean, these, these charts aren't set up exactly the way I want, but you can just see, I want to share with you where money's going. I'm not going to be chasing these stocks, right? But if I get weakness, um, I think MetLife had a nice setup. MetLife has a, has, a, has a deer type of setup, right? I mean, I wanted to own MetLife down here, and I don't, so I'm not going to pay for it up here. But you can see the financials are all moving. So, um, before I wrap up, I'm going to get to your questions right now, but I just wanted to share one thought. There's a couple of weird things going on in the market. So they call it value, but what's really going up are dividend-paying stocks. Our dividend portfolio was up huge last week, which is so much fun because we've got an average return of something like 6-plus percent in our dividend portfolio, and our principal's going up. <laughs> That's just the greatest. So I always preach styles of management as a way to diversify uh, risk in a portfolio. I own dividend stocks and I, I kind of, you know, trade them differently. I own um, growth stocks or um, um, let's call them momentum stocks, really, wherever the momentum is. Growth is my favorite, but it's going to be energy or financial. I'll go there. Um, and then we have allocation to the indexes and day trading. Okay. So last week, without a doubt, hands down, our dividend portfolio was the best. And the reason for that is it's all geared right now towards um, commodity-backed assets, which are all going up, except for this one position we added last week. We added Lumen Tech right in the base. Okay, I've been eyeballing this stock forever, and I finally decided to pull the trigger. We had the nice algo entry right here. Okay, so we put our position on there, and then we got paid on Friday at pop 5%. Okay. I think it's safe to say that I'm trying to find an entry point into AT&T and Verizon. I'm just not chasing them. So they had their first move off the bottom, which is real nice. And what we want to do now on AT&T and Verizon is wait for them to make that double bottom. These stocks usually don't run away from you. AT&T and Verizon don't run away from you. They have an, let's look right here, for instance, AT&T, Verizon runs up, pulls back. What you want to do is buy the pullbacks, buy the double bottoms, lock in a nice yield, and then you know, hold it as long as you can is the idea. All right. But anyway, I want to share with you this um, thought right here. This is our day trading screen. <coughs> Excuse me. So how do you use this information? What we do is we day trade using this screen. All right. I'm not going to go too much into these day trades right now. But 
What I want to show you that really was strange yesterday is what happened here in the volatility index. So this is a three-minute chart. This is the S&P, the NASDAQ, the small caps, the Dow, and the volatility VIX, okay? And this is something I haven't seen happen very often. It, it happens very infrequently. But it definitely has implications, and I'm trying to figure out what they are right now. You can see VIX sold off all day. See that? See how it sold off all day? Now, I've been trading using VIX for a long time. And I can tell you with a fair amount of certainty, when VIX had a day like that all day, I made a lot of money on a long day trade in the S&P and the NASDAQ, maybe the small caps, okay? When VIX sells off aggressively all day, usually there's an entry point that makes us a lot of money in the indexes for a day trade. As you can see yesterday, there was no money made, right? Market opened up and went down with VIX, went down with VIX. All of the indexes went down with VIX. The Dow is the only index that was able to have any type of a rally yesterday. All the other indexes closed near their lows, if not at the lows. Small caps are at the lows. So what does that tell us about next week's action? I don't know. I can tell you this. Whenever we've seen the market go up and get to a blow-off stage on the upside, you will see a day or two in there where VIX goes up with the market. And then you get an unbelievable short opportunity. The market implodes. And so VIX going up with the market starts to give you an indication something's wrong with the market. The market implodes. I don't know what to make of the fact that the that VIX went down and the market went down anyway, other than to say that's, in my estimation, extremely bearish. We've been trading off of that Vanna flow for months now on this desk, sharing it with you. Spot Gamma talks about it all the time. Hey, VIX goes down, market goes up. So VIX went down Friday. Market closed near the lows. God forbid VIX goes up on Monday. What is going to happen to the market? If it can't go up when there's supposed to be a Vanna flow for the day, I don't know what's going to happen to the market when VIX actually goes up. So anyway, that's my thoughts. So to wrap up, and I'm going to get to your questions now, the information I want to share with you is we're risk monitor red and we're, on, we're in a negative gamma environment. How do we use that information? When we're day trading, we look long and short. I usually don't short, but when we're risk monitor red and we have a, um, a negative gamma environment, I will look for long trades and short trades on the indexes during the day. Follow me on Twitter and Stock Twitch. I try to share it with you when I'm involved. But of course, Armor Insider, you guys in the Slack room every day, sharing the live screen, and I'm sharing with you as I trade what I see. Okay. We didn't have a lot of gains last week. We kind of eked out a small profit, but let's just call it a break-even week, okay? Give or take a small amount to me is break-even. I'm looking for the big weeks. And last week, we were kind of around, you know, break-even with a small profitable uh, bent to our portfolio because there just wasn't a lot. It was a very strange week. We, we should have had a lot of intraday volatility. and Instead, we kind of got trapped in ranges all day. The market would open sell off and then just kind of trade in a very tight range. And the only way to make money intraday was to trade real quick. Um, so the behavior of the market's changing. So we'll be looking long and short on a day trade. Risk monitor red, negative gamma environment. How do you use that information as an investor? It's a time to protect capital. It's a time not to worry about missing something. What you want to worry more about is not getting trapped in something. It's a time to do your research, your homework, get your whiteboard ready. My whiteboard, while I have all of those favorite names, my metaverse names, my 5G names, my semiconductor names, my, um, my um, cybersecurity names, right? I have all of these names that I'd like to own in the portfolio. They're getting crushed right now. They don't leave my whiteboard. The fundamentals are phenomenal in these, com uh, these companies. There'll be a time again 
and I'm going to be all over them when they show up. Now is just not a time for those stocks. Okay? So what I also find populating my whiteboard are commodity-backed names. This looks like the year of the commodity to me. Very often, the first week of the new year shows you where money is going to flow for the whole year. And let me tell you, it was like a bullhorn. Commodities, commodities. And so that's where we're going to keep focusing. All right, thanks for spending your time with me. Let's get to your Q&A. Let's jump into any questions you might have. Um, Oh, it's on. It's on. It is on. All right. Nice to have you on the live stream. Tree lost 70% since February, showing surprising strength and recent sell-off. What do you think? All right. Let's pull up tree. Lending tree. All right. Good. Let's keep these conversations about what I think when it comes to stocks, unless I literally have a fundamental piece of information that I want to share with you on a stock you asked me about. All I really want to do is is let you in on this little secret, okay? This is the mantra of the Armour Trading Desk, of the Armour Report. Every day I come in and I say, the best chart wins. Not my favorite idea, not what I think, you know, could be interesting or what I want to own or what's fun. The best chart wins and buying closest to the stop is essential in a market like this. So let's go look at tree and just simply chart it out and ask ourselves, is this the right setup? Okay. So Let's go back to, and I'm just going to keep doing this with you over and over again, because I think it's going to really, really help you guys out, okay? This is the pattern you're looking for. This. This is the pattern. Strength, consolidation, which I call weakness, buying tight to the base, getting the breakout. All right? Even if you wanted to say something like, let's go go BHP, okay? So let's look at BHP, because that weakness was a little bit bigger. So here's the strength. I just want to chart this for you, and then we're going to get the tree. I think you already know where I'm going with this conversation, but, okay? So there's your strong uptrend. There's a pretty aggressive sell-off, okay, right to a prior base over here. So it stops right at a key level, makes a double bottom, and I'm willing to buy that as it pops above the 50-day moving average. Okay, where is that on tree? We don't see a higher low. We don't see a higher high. I can't buy the stock. And that'll bring me to cannabis. I can't wait to own cannabis. I love cannabis, blah, blah, blah. You've heard me talk about it all the time. Okay, we've avoided 90% of this sell-off at the Armour Report. We don't own the stocks. We tried them a couple times last year. We had tight stop losses. We moved out. We waited again. We still can't get into the cannabis stocks because we're not making higher lows and higher highs. Look at Rio Tinto. It's really Rio Tinto and, and um, uh, BHP are a great example because they got destroyed. You can see that the, the prices really got whacked. Okay. There's the uptrend in Rio Tinto. Just like BHP, they're almost the same type of chart patterns, actually. Right. And they got crushed down below the 50 and 200-day moving averages. But they found support at a key level, and they've broken the downtrend, making a higher high. Right, of course, we're in here right here. We just don't see that in tree yet. And the downtrend is just too big for me to get involved. That's what I call catching a falling knife. Hey, it's to it. How you doing? Marvel. Oh, I'm glad you brought up Marvel because um, the semiconductor stocks finally succumbed on Friday. And chart patterns like this, again, again, chart patterns like this are not the setup that I'm looking for. And if you want to see where would I buy, I'm just going to do this with you over and over again because this is what you want to search for on your own. You're not going to need me to do this. You can search for it on your own. Okay? 
This is stage one on Marvel. That was a great run. This was stage two on Marvel. Okay, we're just going to chart together every, all year we're going to do this, okay? Stage two, the breakout's right here. You could have bought it down here. Those are the two buy points. Double bottom at the 200-day pops up, or you could buy it here when it breaks the downtrend. Those are the two entry points. Now, it's just been a wild uptrend, complete with a blow-off top to the fourth standard deviation above the 200-day. Do you want to go buy that stock right now? In the midst of a collapsing growth stock environment? I'll let you answer that question yourself. Monkey, good morning. Nice to see you, Deb. Hey, thanks so much there, Stephen. Yeah, we had a real great week. Thoughts on Pfizer? All right, so last year we put Pfizer into the, really the dividend portfolio right here. Okay? Had the run-up, booked some profits up here, fourth standard deviation above the 200-day. Pulled all the way back. I, I really should have bought it back. I should have doubled my position again. I didn't. I missed that, which I'm kind of embarrassed about. Now the thing is skyrocketed again, and it's completely off the reservation. So, um, Stephen, this is a dividend stock for me. It's in my dividend portfolio. I use weekly stop losses. I don't care about all the gyrations. Now, it's true. At some point, you might say to me, Brett, stock's up 50% from where we bought it. You know, we, we've collected years of dividends in advance with this capital gain. Why don't we just book the profit? I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't argue with that, you know, and I would just say choose a stop loss you're comfortable with. Uh, I would, you know, if it, I'm not exactly sure what, what I'm going to do with this. I, I really don't like to trade my dividend positions. I think Pfizer, while it could give back a bunch and come back down to the 200-day moving average again, I, I want to trade around the core and if at all possible, Stephen, you know, hold Pfizer and give it to my kids. <laughs> I mean, the dividend portfolio is different than everything else I preach on this channel, right? I, I buy them right. I lock in a yield. I collect that yield. I trade around the core. I try never to get rid of them. If something happens to Pfizer's business that, that forces me to sell them, I'll, I'll do that. You know, I certainly occasionally will sell a stock in my dividend portfolio, but normally it's because of a business problem inside the company. You know, and I decide, ah, okay. Like, for instance, let's say there's just too much debt on the balance sheet, and, and I feel like maybe the debt can't get serviced, so maybe the dividend's in trouble. All right, I'm going to get out of that position, you know. But um, I'm, not, I'm not handling Pfizer that way. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. Yeah, the biggest, biggest challenge is adhering to what, adhering to what you know. That is the truth. It's execution. You're talking about execution challenge, and it is the hardest, uh, particularly when you're day trading. I mean, I could, it happens to me all the time. I, I can see the entry points, and I don't execute it right, and it's so frustrating. I mean, you got to work so hard, come in every day with the right mindset, trade what you see, execute what you see. Um, don't let the emotions get involved. It's, it's the hardest part of what we do, with, without a doubt. And that's why I try to talk about simple three-stage processes. I, there's many different ways to invest, but I have a particular chart pattern set up that I like, and I want to focus on that because I have the highest probability of success when I focus on that. I want to buy closest to the stop and not chase things, but it's the hardest part of what we do. Uh, Sundial and Village Farms. Um, I didn't even see that story, so I'd have to go read that. I mean, I'm not even paying attention to Canadian cannabis stocks at the moment. Um, so I don't have any, any real information on you, well, for you on that. I don't see any upside right now in cannabis. 
And if there's any upside, it's going to be U.S. cannabis because at some point, you know, banks are going to start doing business with U.S. cannabis companies. Um, and that'll be a real, real upside. But my guess is before that happens, we're going to see higher lows begin to build in names like MSOS. But I don't, I don't have any, any information for you on, um, on those two companies. Yeah, Deb, I mean, that's why we use stop losses here, and that's why we don't force our will on the market. I can't tell you how important that is, guys. I mean, you, those of you who know me know I'm a huge fan of cannabis. I, I've been trading cannabis for, what, four years now, okay? But I've been trading cannabis for four years, and I'm profitable. And that's simply because I use algorithms for entry points. And I use stop losses to protect myself from my own emotional attachment, you know, to flower. That, that's the only way to get around it. And that's true about any investment. You know, so here's I mean, here's a, here's a lesson. Here's a here's a lesson. My my son is right outside right now. You know, playing Roblox. Okay, I think Roblox is the greatest investment of all time. Um, uh, I don't still own it. I'm not riding Roblox all the way down to you know not zero, but wherever it goes down to, simply because I want to force my will in the market. I picked the position up. The stock skyrocketed. I didn't sell it right because I was in love with it, but I had a raised stop, and I made sure I made some money on the trade, and that was it. That was it. Now I have to wait for a whole new pattern to set up, and I cannot wait to buy Roblox again. I hope I get it on the long-term uptrend. Hey, Eros, what's happening, brother? Uh... Let's look at Cisco. All right, so Cisco's a NASDAQ 100 company, and um, that was a cra- pretty crazy and fantastic breakout that I totally missed. Um, let's just chart it together and then come up with, you know, where's the next entry point for me? What would I do? So there's um, Cisco. There's the strong uptrend. All right. And here's your consolidation move. So really somewhere like that. The, the double bottom right here. So the, the real buy point on Cisco is here. And I'm, just, I'm just telling you guys, it's incredibly important to have discipline when buying stocks in 2022 and beyond. Okay? The next time we can chase stocks will be the next time the Fed comes out and says, we're adding liquidity and lowering rates. Then we can throw all these thoughts to the, you know, to the wind and we can start saying, hey, let's buy stocks that are, you know, um, um, far away from their ideal entry point because it's okay. The Fed's liquefying everything. So let's just grab our favorite fundamental names that have the highest growth rates and, and you know, and have another 2020, okay? But this year, and until the Fed says otherwise, we need to buy stocks here. We just can't buy stocks on that type of a sell-off right here, in my personal opinion. I mean, this is the armor investing way. This is how I run money, okay? So I'm just, I'm saying, it, it, I'm not saying Cisco can't go up. I mean, I don't, what do I know? Cisco you know, you can go up if it wants. But I'm looking at probabilities, statistics, and risk. And so to me, Cisco's in no man's land right there. I don't know what to do with that. It's a 25-day moving average. If it came all the way back down to this breakout here, because you know, this would be the second this would be your second entry point. There's two points. You could buy the, the, the double bottom consolidation or you could buy the breaking of the downtrend to me. There's one or two. That's it. And so now if I want to get this, it has to come down probably to the 50-day right on top of this level and set up some type of a, a buying opportunity. I, I don't see that yet, so we can just watch it together. <laughs> Kathy, I, I don't know. I mean, she's... I don't know, man. I um, I respect her uh, f- fundamental opinion over a five-year period, but this show is all about information and how to use it. So the information that she's offering is these are great growth stocks over the next five years. I don't dispute that, but the way she's using that information is just totally wrong, right? Because she's going to get buried with the stocks 
but hope she makes it out five years from now. And that doesn't help anybody because most people are going to get blown out and lose a ton of money. You know? All right, let's look at the e-commerce cars, okay? I haven't even looked at this group. C-V-N-A. I want to get away from telling you my opinion based on fundamentals and just talk technical analysis with you and setups. So you can see there's no setup here. I don't, I don't need to go over that, I don't think. You could, there's the big uptrend, and here's the downtrend, and, the, and then it broke support and collapsed. So there's nothing to do with that chart pattern. Nothing to do with that chart pattern. Nothing to do with any of these chart patterns. They're all, you know, um, they're down over 80% in the last year. It, it's just an LD. It's, a, it's incredible. There's a graveyard full of stocks like this. And these were some names that people thought were going to go to the moon. This speaks to the treacherous nature of the market today and why I'm really torn between just protecting capital or believing in a rotation. I've just never seen the rotation work. It, it, it could work for a month, like the whole month of January, financials and commodity stock could go up. But if we get to the end of the month of January and the NASDAQ is just falling apart at the seams, man, there'll be a, there'll be a you know, um, really it's what it is. is a, it eventually is a margin call situation. Just everything gets drawn down. And what we want to do then is all of those commodity names, the last ones to go down, are the first ones to go up when you come out of that crisis. So we're going to want to look to load up the portfolio with those commodity names, financial names, when the selling ends, you know. Um, but anyway, these, these stocks, they're just imploding. Just, it's just incredible to me. It's, it's such a list. Dell on the whiteboard. Okay. So noted, I'll do some work on it. And I have certainly have a lot of time because there's no there's no entry point there for me. Oh yeah, MGA. So oh I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, um, we were we were um, we actually added this stock last week and then booked a quick profit on it and took it off. I might put it on next week. I might put it right back on. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay, here's three stocks. I meant to talk about this before we jumped into these conversations of QA. So um, so We've already mapped this out. Here's the uptrend on MAGA, right? Here's the perfect pullback, double bottom at the 200-day, breaking out. So what we did is we actually bought this, you know, we bought this day when it popped up. We bought it in the morning, so we were making money by the end of the day. And then I just booked a quick profit because the risk monitor went red. But I, I love this stock. And uh, if it were to take out the high of that bar right there, I would be long the stock again because that would be a three, excuse me, four-bar consolidation off of a little bit of a gap there. See that gap up four four days. So Monday, if this thing is popping out, I'm going to get long again. And so if you're going to look at that, you have to look at Borg Warner, which is the same story. They go hand in hand. Borg Warner, okay? We did the same thing in Borg Warner. Bought it that day, sold it a couple, a couple days later, booked a small profit. But I want to own Borg Warner. And then you have to, don't forget Visteon. Those three stocks pretty much run together, and they make the guts inside of all the electronic vehicles everybody loves. Um, oh, okay, you were asking me about Marvel, but not right now. Yeah, I get it. Okay. It's certainly on the whiteboard. Um, Marvel's definitely on the whiteboard. It's a great company, but I put Marvel right along with this. I mean, do, do we want to own AMD now? No, we, we bought that base. See, one, two, we bought it right here, pulled that, bought it right here, ran up, right? And, and now it's done. I mean, AMD is done for now, particularly if it takes out the low of December. Or what is that? Yeah, December. That low breaks, forget about it. It's going to come down to the 200-day. So, and NVIDIA is the same way. Okay, these are favorites of last year that are all challenging their support. Um, let's take a look at the reason for that, okay? Don't forget that these stocks are tied to Bitcoin and Ether. 
and we're getting uh, total and utter collapse in uh, crypto. Don't even get me um, started on crypto right now. You got me started on crypto. I can't believe you got me started on crypto. Um, anybody remember Tom Lee? He told me Bitcoin would be 100000 at the end of December. Oops. Totally wrong. So don't ever bring up any pundits to tell me how high Bitcoin is going to go. Okay? They don't know what they're talking about. They got caught in a liquidity-driven frenzy that ripped crypto stocks to the moon. And, I mean, cryptocurrencies and the stocks as well. Okay? And that is now rapidly unraveling. Is it a surprise? Not really. The Fed's reducing liquidity and raising rates. Okay? So let's don't confuse wild speculative emotions with some new asset class that's going to somehow tiptoe through the raindrops when the Fed's reducing liquidity. Right? I guess that's that argument's kind of over, right? Um, looking for a gap fill on. Okay, I mean, but to me, the gap fill on Marvel. I think you're still talking about Marvel. It, it, it's but if it's if it's filling the gap. I mean, it's it's going to be breaking the uptrend. I just that's just it'll take time for that to set up for me. Yeah, and so we just went over NVDA. And don't forget these things these things trade very closely in correlation to what's happening in the crypto space. And they can get out of whack for a while, but let me tell you something that looks interesting to me, nameless. Take a look at Intel. I, I don't know what to believe. If you listen to the conference calls of Intel, it seems like they're turning that ship around in a major way. And that's a chart pattern that starts to get interesting to me. I know it's not fashionable, but that's how you make money. You buy things that aren't fashionable and you sell them and everyone loves them. Uh, something like this. I'm not even sure that's right. Something like this, maybe. Right? There's the downtrend. It just broke the downtrend. I think somewhere in here, Intel is a buy. You could also say this is a bottoming wedge in Intel. It's one of my favorite triangle formations at the bottom. See, it made a higher low here. There's a lot of interesting things going on inside of uh, Intel that might be worth um, some attention. Yeah, the coal stocks look really good. Um, there's the pattern that I'm looking for. Although, truth be told, Stephen, it's a little nuanced. You know, I don't like when the decline is too steep. It makes me nervous. So there's one. There's your uptrend. And then here's the downtrend. So um, something like that. I don't know. It, it, could be, it could be good. It could be good. Look at ARLP. The leading coal stock has already blown out to new highs. So BTU is pretty pretty good looking stock. Now let's let's jump over and look at URA for a minute. All right. Um, what's going on in Kazakhstan makes it to me almost impossible to invest in uranium at the moment. Um, but we, we just don't know what's going to happen. Forty percent of yellow cake comes out of, of Kazakhstan. So. That's always been the problem for me. That's always been the problem. If we're going to invest in these companies, I think the best thing to do is to invest in uranium uh, companies that have uh, deposits here in the U.S. and in Canada and places that are politically safe. So obviously, if, if you know, 40% of uranium goes offline because Kazakhstan devolves into some type of massive civil war and Russia rolls in and all this other kind of stuff, you should see, I guess, the price of yellow cake goes through the roof. But look out when it comes to the stocks that you own because they could have the wrong exposure to rising prices and it could negatively affect the stock. So it becomes very hard. Buying URA is probably not the way to go because there's too much exposure to Kazakhstan. So um, hard, hard to figure that one out. Ah, look at HPQ. This was a perfect pattern. I wish we talked about this back here because this is the pattern that I'm talking about. I can't wait for you. Somebody's going to 
share an idea with me in the room while it's happening. And maybe it's beat to you, but this one is just beautiful. This was beautiful. Look at that setup on uh, um, on HPQ. All right, that was the entry point right there. So what we need to do is stay disciplined and find these entry points and put money to work. All right, everybody, this was lots of fun. I appreciate the time you've spent with me. Um, don't forget, you can um, always subscribe to the Armor Report right down here. Join us either through a free subscription, join us in the Slack room every day, sharing information. And of course, you can subscribe to this YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter and Stock Twits because I'm usually trying to share information throughout the day. So. Let's have a great 2022 together. Let's spend time every weekend focusing on what the information flow is that can make us money and protect our capital, and then how to use that information in a practical way. That's our goal. Let's just keep executing together. I look forward to seeing you guys next weekend. Everybody have a great week. Take care.